Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will be teaching from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. Immediately after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and declared by God's audible voice from heaven that this was indeed his beloved son, Jesus went out into the desert alone. Mark only includes two short sentences about this, but the other Gospels fill in much more about this journey like the specific ways that Satan tempted him, and how Jesus responded with the truth of God's word. And then Jesus returned and began his earthly ministry by preaching the arrival of the kingdom of God. Well, is that how every ministry should begin? What can we learn from his temptation and his earliest preaching? Pastor Jim will answer these questions all week, but here is today's slice of the message entitled, How to Start a ministry. Well, come with me this morning to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. We're going to spend time this morning with our newly discovered friend, Mark, or at least new to our studies here. We took a couple of weeks off over the holidays, and when we last visited Mark, we had left off at a glorious moment. So I want to start by reminding you of that. You can think of that moment, if you will, as the public introduction of the King, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know what I'm talking about. It was the baptism of Jesus, which Mark describes in chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. In those days, that is the days where John the Baptist was preaching, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. John also introduced him, we know from the Gospel of John, as behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was the introduction of the Savior and the inauguration of the ministry of the king. That momentous day when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist began a period of about six months of overlap between the ministry of John the Baptist and Jesus. Hold that thought. We'll get back to that in a moment. And this time starts with a, a stark contrast. There is the glory of the Trinity on display at the baptism And then we have the darkest days of Jesus prior to His arrest and trial and crucifixion in the form of His temptation. So our text for today spans more than six months of Jesus' life, and I'll explain more in a moment. Remember Mark's theme, though. Everything that he says will fit into this. He says in chapter 1, verse 1, what's probably his title of the book in his own mind, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So Mark is going to describe the beginning of Jesus' ministry in terms of what is essential to a gospel ministry. 
what is essential to uh, doing what the Son of God came to earth to begin doing. We might even call this uh, how to start a ministry the way Jesus did. It's going to show us what is important for us to know about the Christ, the Savior, the Son of God, and worshiping and serving Him as we should. So, how to start a ministry the way Jesus did? I'm going to suggest to you three points from Mark chapter 1, verse 12 through verse 20. Resist temptation, preach the gospel, and make disciples. Not too complicated, but very significant. Number one, resist temptation. Mark describes it this way. His, his description is much shorter than that of Matthew and Luke. Mark 1, 12 and 13. Immediately, the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. Now immediately, there's Mark's common word. He likes to move things along. His gospel's the shortest, sort of the, the thrill-packed uh, adventure version of the life of Christ. Matthew and Luke use the word then, connecting it from the baptism. Then the Spirit led him out into the wilderness. Mark uses an even uh, stronger word. He uses the word impelled. Literally, the, the Holy Spirit threw Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, that the public ministry of Jesus began with that remarkable, spectacular introduction by God Himself, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. And based on the, the pattern that we've seen, if you've already looked at the, the birth of Jesus, there was that glorious um, angelic announcement, countless angels announcing his birth. And you might expect another massive celebration of his baptism full of heavenly doxologies and and astounded people running around to announce what they saw, and angels singing and glorifying God. But that didn't happen. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and He will indeed come again in great glory. But it's also true that this same Jesus is the one whom Isaiah predicted in the terminology, the suffering servant. He was humbled. He, he humbled himself, I should say, to take on humanity. This most exalted one is also the most humiliated one. Jesus' sufferings did not begin with his, his arrest. They began with his birth. He, he, he labored having taken on humanness. And now we're going to see him in his time of particular temptation. Picture him emaciated from 40 days of fasting to the point that he needed angels to minister to him. That is profound, especially in juxtaposition to the glorious Trinitarian announcement, you are my beloved son. Now, it's important to understand that Although the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness or impelled Him into the wilderness, to use Mark's term, to be tempted, understand, God is never the tempter. God did not tempt His Son. 
James 1.13 says that God Himself cannot be tempted by evil, and He Himself does not tempt anyone. So by His holy nature, God has no capacity for evil. He is not vulnerable to it. So imagine how excruciating it was for Jesus, who is God, to take on humanity and thereby experience the fullness of temptation. And His temptation was far worse than what you faced. His was face-to-face with the devil himself. God allowed His Son to be tempted, to be tested, so that His victory would demonstrate His absolute power and authority over every device of Satan. Jesus' temptation did not happen only by the will of Satan. Oh, trust me, He came along. He, He took His best shots. But in the will of God, it was designed to authenticate His Son as the King. Now Luke adds the detail right after we've read about the Holy Spirit descending in the manner that a dove ascends and landing on Jesus. uh, Luke adds that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. So he connects that visible representation of the Holy Holy Spirit at his baptism to the fact that Everything Jesus did was by the will of the Father, and everything He he accomplished was by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it was the Father's intention to take His beloved Son out to be tempted, and He was all the while led by the Holy Spirit. One reason this is here is so that we know that He knows what we face, and we know that He has the power over sin. Now, the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. Where's that? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of places on earth that have been described as wilderness. This is the wilderness, referring to the the general area north and west of the Dead Sea. It was and is a, a truly desolate place. I've been through there on a bus, and I was really glad to have the bus There's nothing there except you'll go by and you'll see some mountains and they'll say there's some caves up in there and that's where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, Mark's brief description says that Jesus' only earthly company during that time was that He was with the wild beasts. Only wild beasts live in such a place. And Jesus was driven there and went without food for 40 days. Now, if you're tempted to think that the problem is that John the Baptist didn't share his recipes for locusts and wild honey, um, you should note that Matthew and Luke specify that Jesus fasted for 40 days. And if you'll notice Mark's terminology here, he was in the wilderness and then he uses a participle, being tempted by Satan. So he was being tempted during all of that 40 days. Matthew specifies that after those 40 days came those three specific temptation that he, temptations that he and Luke record. But we have no idea what all it was that Jesus went through. As always, it's good to compare and to harmonize the Gospels when they comment on the same thing. A couple of things we can say. Um, you, can't, you can't tell it from Matthew, but it's, it's Mark and Luke that tell you that he was tempted throughout the 40 days. But Matthew's the one who, um, who uses terminology that implies a sequence of events 
after the 40 days that he fasted. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.